0: Listening to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. I'm your podcast host, Janine Strong, and every two weeks, I have an inspiring conversation with an ordinary person leading an extraordinary life. And today's conversation with Nancy Byrne will be no exception, I'm sure. Nancy Byrne, author of the highly acclaimed book, Choices, is making a difference in the world. She majored in psychology at the University of Colorado and has worked for an adolescent psychiatric treatment hospital, a woman in need of group support program, that's quite a mouthful, (laughs) a rape crisis center, a major police department as director of a victim services unit, and several high-risk shelters for adolescents. She's also a graduate of the Aspen Program for Psychic Development with numerous certifications. Nancy says, it's my sole desire to give back to the universe and to serve by assisting others on their life's journey. She is currently working on her next book entitled, Remembering. Hi, Nancy. Welcome. Hi,
1: Janine. Thanks for having
0: me on. Oh, you're you're so welcome. Um, You've been, actually, I was rather surprised how many podcasts and radio shows you've been on. You're quite a seasoned veteran.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoy it.
0: Oh, that's good. So um, in our our little pre-chat, I think we decided the place that we'd like to start, or that you'd like to start, is to talk about remembering who we truly are, and then we'll just let the conversation go where it wants to go.
1: Well, it seems to me that um, so many times we're so influenced by, you know, societal norms and religious dogma, um, you know, governmental rules and regulations, just things that we're things that, you know, we don't even believe in. Mm -hmm. We're we're into these families and, you know, We were born into a certain economic status we were you know we're either educated or not most people never even leave leave the hometown that they were born in and um we listen to the mindless chatter of everyone else around us and we never listen to our own gut to our own inner guidance and we all have an inner guidance and it's it's just you know most of us live our whole lives and we never even live it and i think it's really important that we take the time to really reflect and remember who we are at our soul's level. We're just all amazing, fantastic, wonderful human beings with a lot, a lot of abilities that we don't even know. We, we were all, we've all been given gifts and, you know, just like a carpenter might have different tools than say a, a a plumber or something i mean he's got a a power saw and a power drill and all this stuff and (laughs) a plumber might have other you know other tools but we all have different tools we've all been given just at birth all the tools we need to live happy successful prosperous and healthy lives Mm -hmm. and it amazes me sometimes that we just don't use those tools we don't acknowledge that we even have them we search for answers everywhere else and don't ever go within and that's where you know we're the only ones that have the answer i mean truly Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes you can go to other people for suggestions and stuff but it's your life and we need to make decisions for our own lives because if if you go to somebody else for for advice and they give you a wrong answer and you Follow it, you're the one that's going to suffer the repercussions, not them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by the same token, if you do get good advice, you know, you're, you're going to reap the benefits of that advice. But we're the ones that have lived in our bodies for however old we are 30, 40, 50 years and, um, you know, we, we're the only ones that know more about us than anyone else. We have all the answers.
0: So Nancy, why do you think what's what's your theory as to why we tr- seem either trust other people's opinions, uh ideas more than our own or is it is it fear? Uh, um you know what what do, what do you think that comes from where we we rely on other people more than on our our own inner knowing?
1: Well, at one point spirit told me that I don't trust other people because I don't trust myself. Mm. And I think that's really true. We don't think that we're worthy, you know, or sometimes some religious teachers that we're sinners, we're all going to hell, you know. Um, We were born with mortal sin, you know. I don't believe that. I don't believe we were born with mortal sin. I don't believe that we were born with a, Achilles tendon or heel I don't believe that we have hubris What we have Are magnificent, wonderful Tremendous, all-powerful You know, souls That live within our bodies And we can manifest anything We truly truly can live Amazing lives if we just realized That we could Um, You know I always used to feel that I wasn't even good enough to breathe the same air As other people breathed um I was told as a child that I was unlovable and worthless and I was always a black widow and um you know my dad really wanted to get rid of me <laughs> literally Yeah
0: I read your I did read your book and I was rather horrified as to how you were treated as a child it's pretty quite abusive
1: Yeah and and you you wonder and people have said oh my gosh what a horrible thing to happen but You know, and maybe this is just my theory because it helps me to live with it better. Mm -hmm. But what if, um, I mean, you can look at things as, oh, poor me. And why did I have to go through that? But I think that everything that happens to us is a lesson. And, um, you know, what if I needed to learn that lesson? Um, My astrological chart says that I was born into a minefield because I needed to learn that I was strong and that I could survive and take care of myself because in other lifetimes that I, if you believe in other lifetimes or you know, uh, I, you know, I've always been taken care of. I, you know, was like a, a gesture for the king or whatever, you know, and it's all my food and everything was provided for me. Um, another time I was like, I've always been like the wise man sitting on top of the mountains, giving people information and knowledge. And and people would just bring me food and clothing and I never had to work or earn anything. It was just always brought to me. And this lifetime is a sociable lifetime and I'm learning a lot about society and and you know being around other people and and taking care of myself and I really have learned what a tremendously strong human being I am and we all are and so I think these things happen you know not to tear us down or to make us give up hope but you know really to build us up and to show us just what we're able to accomplish if if everything always went smoothly I think we'd just we just roll over and go back to sleep. I mean, we wouldn't have anything to, we wouldn't push ourselves. Sometimes we're kind of lazy, you know, <laughs> the human race. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I, I like to think that before I was even incarnated, um, I had to learn some hard lessons, and the only way to learn it was to be born into a dysfunctional, you know, severely dysfunctional family and, um you know, what if my dad, I asked my dad's soul to please help me? And he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to hurt me, but he loved me so much. He was willing to come down and do that so that I could learn the lessons that my soul knew I had to learn in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way I choose to look at it, whether it's right or wrong, it's my theory. And I'm sticking to it. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, in, we don't really you know, quote unquote, no. Right. So, so you have to go with what feels right to you, what your, what your instincts tell you, uh, what your, your team up there is, is helping, you know, how they're helping you. And it's, it helps you to, to be able to move forward and evolve. And that's, what's important.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what's important because we're all here to grow and to help each other. Um, I was married before, and I lived in Colorado, which I really loved, and I love Woodby Island too, but um, anyway, I just, um, I had just gotten a divorce, and I was just really kind of feeling like my life was over, you know, I, I didn't, I, that was my identity, you know, being mom, being a wife, I never really, you know, even though I had worked and stuff, it was just a, My whole life, I've always wanted to have a family, I guess, because I never had one as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I felt like an old shoe that somebody had just tossed aside, you know, for a younger shoe. And uh, we had a a spring storm that was, you know, it it was typical, but um, it was, oh, my gosh. was thundering and lightning was crashing and the wind was howling. And I thought, well, that's, you know, this is symbolic of my mood. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, so, um, I heard a, I heard a crash and for some reason we had a kind of a two story home and I, I went downstairs to look up on the roof or something. I thought something fell off the roof or, you know, and, um, back up two weeks before this young family had moved in catacorner to to me mm-hmm. and they had these two adorable little girls ages probably two and a half and maybe five or something um or six and um, their dad had put up a, a trampoline for them and he had it, you know, the posts to keep them from blowing away because he knew about the harsh winds we had And the little girls were so happy. They were bringing the poles to their dad and they were bringing the tools And, and the mom I think had made a cake or they bought a cake or something and they were sitting out Celebrating way into the evening about their trampoline. They were so excited. So now, you know, two or three weeks ahead of time We're having this storm and I had this crash and went downstairs to the basement and when i went outside there was a little girl's trampoline just smashed against the back of my house Aww. i thought oh my god those poor little girls are going to be so sad i mean they're trampoline they were so happy and i was walking up the stairs just thinking about sometimes you know life just isn't that fair mm. and um and out of the corner of my eye i looked out and i saw the two little girls and one of them was just wearing her underpants no no top no shoes nothing and the other one was wearing you know some shorts and a little tank top but no shoes and they were picking up the metal pieces of the trampoline in a lightning storm and there's some pretty big pieces mm -hmm. and i thought oh my god those little girls are going to get killed so i um I tried to call their home and there was no answer. And I thought I was just nervous and misdialled, so I called again. And there was no answer, so I jumped in my car and went, you know, drove over there and um, got out and went out back. And you know, I'm an adult, and they're kids, and so I said, "What are you girls doing out in this lightning storm? You could be hurt. Get in this house now." Well, the little one would have nothing to do with that. She put her little hands on her hips and she didn't say anything, but her nonverbal said. You're not my mommy. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> so I backed up and I said, well, where's your mommy? And the older one said, oh, she's visiting Connie. She'll be right back. And I said, you could be hurt out in this lightning storm. It's not safe to be out here. And the little one started crying. And she's like, we have to help our daddy. Our daddy going to be so sad. We help our daddy. And so I, I said, OK, listen. If you go in the house and you promise not to come out again until your mommy gets home, I will pick up all the poles for you. I promise I'll stack them right under this, you know, eve of your porch so that your daddy can find them. OK, but please don't come out again. And I think the older one was pretty relieved because she was dragging the little one inside. (laughs) So I did. I picked up every piece of the, the, every pole I could possibly find. I even picked up the lug nuts and some bolts and I mean everything and stacked them on the side of their porch where it was covered by the, you know, awning and came home and I was drenched. The seat of my car was just sopping wet Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I went, into the, through the living room and changed my clothes. And I was walking back into the kitchen to get, you know, to make some chicken noodle soup. And um, all of a sudden it started hailing and we'd get these just, I mean, it's crazy weather in Colorado. You could get like sunshine and, you know, six inches of snow in one day. Mm -hmm. And um, within just a matter, it seemed like just a matter of maybe, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, we had about four and a half or five inches of golf-sized hailstones on our back. (laughs) And I looked out, and there were the two little girls again. And I was like, and I don't know, they must have found something because the bigger one had her hand out, the older one, and so she must have found, they must have found a a nugglet or something. And I thought, oh, my God, they're going to be killed And without even thinking, and this is a very, very first time I've ever done this, I screamed at the top of my lungs, and I pointed my finger, and I said, I command you to stop this storm now. And the storm stopped instantly. And then I was like,
0: do do do
1: (laughs) This is just a coincidence. It'll start up again in a minute. And it didn't. And then I'm thinking, oh, I respectfully thank you for stopping this storm, And I'm thinking, oh my God, who am I to command the hand of God? Mm -hmm. And Spirit spoke to me and said, you are the hand of God, Nancy. You are all the hands of God. I need you more than you need me. I am just a spirit. No one can see me with their physical eyes. No one can hear me with their physical ears. No one can touch me with their physical hands. I can't physically wipe the tears off a child's face. If I were to build an orphanage in the middle of town or in the middle of the desert, it would be destroyed because people would think it was an evil evil entity or something. But if a human being in a flesh and blood body were to build the same orphanage, it would stand. You are my hands. And I need you to do the work for me. And I just, I was just so, I mean, God, what an honor, you know, that spirit needs us. I mean, we're always thinking that we're unworthy and that we need help and that we're worthless and and nothing. And we serve purpose. We serve a huge, wonderful purpose. We're all basically just, you know, walking each other home, helping each other, standing by each other when someone needs a helping hand, and being there for one another. We can hear each other. We can talk to each other. We can hug each other when we're in distress or, you know, our grandchildren or our children or a loved one we have these bodies we were given these bodies so that we can relate to each other and see each other and talk to each other and we're all learning lessons and we're helping each other in our growth and i just think that's so important he didn't say You are the hand of God, Nancy, because you're a psychic or or because, you know, you were a therapist or whatever. He didn't say there are a few who are the hand of God. He said, you're all the hand of God. And I think that's really important to know. I mean, it's such an honor. Mm -hmm. And when you think about that, why would you waste your life in pity and remorse and, you know, and just feeling sorry for you? There is nothing to feel sorry for. I mean, if we could do that, we can do anything. We can move mountains if we believed we could. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If we just knew, if we remembered, you know, the tremendous beings that we are, we really are miraculous beings.
0: Why do you think it is that we don't remember? Or that it's a challenge to remember?
1: Because I think we get... inner insecurity we want so desperately to be loved and to be accepted by the tribe Mm -hmm. and um, it's even kind of like little kids you know when they're small they're connected to spirit much much more than we are because they're just new here you know they just they just came Mm -hmm. and um, they have um, imaginary friends and I think My theory is that those imaginary friends are lots of times guardian angels or, you know, spirit guides or ancestors that have come to help them, you know, grow and teach Mm -hmm. them and also to keep them safe, you know. And um, and then our parents tell us that, you know, we're too old to have imaginary friends. Other kids are going to think we're weird or different and they're not going to want to be our friends. And we want people to like us. We came here. We're social animals. And we want to be accepted and so sometimes we we sacrifice what we truly feel in our hearts and our souls and and um, you know because we we don't want to be ridiculed or taunted or made fun of I you know my first husband was a, um, a police officer and um, he was a, you know, a lieutenant, and so he had a lot of stature in the police department. And I remember when I was interested in astrology, I signed up for a class. And then I was like looking behind my back, and I wear a big hat over my head, so in case any of the officers saw me, they wouldn't think, "Oh my God, she's going into this metaphysical story." <laughs> Just, I mean, my God. How, you know, but I did that because it just, you know, I, it's more of a, that, that, um, culture. It's, it's not into, it's more, you know, kind of like you you see what's in front of you and, you know, that's it. You follow rules and regulations and you fit in with the rest of the tribe. And, you know, I never did. And I didn't understand why I never fit in. Because sometimes you know sometimes we're not supposed to fit in. sometimes we're supposed to be unique and stand out and think how boring it would be if we were all cloned. you know you look at each other and, and you know you might you might come up with a different way of seeing things or you might you can learn from each other because we all have different experiences. We're all here to help each other out mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: You know, and sometimes I wonder uh, how many of those people who are just following the status quo and uh, not questioning their life, how, how many of those people really want to be in that position? Really? How many of those people really would, if they felt safe, would break out of that and be their own
1: unique star? <laughs> I think I believe that's true I think it's actually we're terrified of our own power more than we are our weaknesses it's not in our weaknesses that we fear it's it's our power because when you realize who you are then the buck stops with you you know you can't blame the devil you can't blame you know society you can't blame your neighbor you can't blame some nationality or some religious belief system or some, you know, for keeping you down because you are the one that's in charge of your life. You're not a victim. Yes. And I think it's a huge responsibility that many of us, I know I certainly didn't want to assume. I, you know, you get used to being the victim and you, you kind of, like it there. I mean, it's, it's, you feel like it's safe there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to take accountability. You can blame everybody else. I could blame, you know, my dad for beating me and raping me as a small child. I could blame my mom for never sticking up for me. You know, um, I could blame the way I looked because I have dark hair and I wasn't, you know, my sister was blonde and, Mm -hmm. and beautiful and had emerald green eyes and, you know, um, there's, we can always find someone to blame, and it's it's easy to blame other people. It's kind of hard to take a good, hard look at yourself in the mirror and realize that, <laughs> okay, you know. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, every day I am up and happy and cheerful and just full of, you know, gratitude, because I'm not. Some days I go back and, and I visit that dark swamp, you know, and I don't think it's all that bad. Every mm-hmm. time I go back, I don't stay as long. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when I come back and I think, oh, God, thank God I don't live there anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes you realize how, gosh, what, how miserable you were and you didn't even know. You just were so accustomed to it. You thought that was the way life was. It's not. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, if you don't know anything else, you know, you don't have anything to compare your life to, right? That's different.
1: Well, and I think that's why, like, podcasts like yours help people. You can listen to other people's, um, you know, suggestions or what's worked for them. and, And, you know, that's all. I think that I or anyone else can really offer you is just what's worked for me and what hasn't but everyone's life is a little bit different what works for me may not work for you Uh but you know it's just so you you're in charge of your life you know no one else you can you can listen and take suggestions and you can get ideas and stuff but I just want people to know that I with all my heart truly I know that there's a better life for everyone I I just I, until I wrote my first book, I pro- I would have never believe that you know spirit told me to write the book, and I thought no one would want to ever read anything that I have to write about. I mean, it was doom and gloom and poor pitiful Pearl, and you know, uh, and I had thought of writing the book and saying it would be something's missing, and I think it's me. Wow! <laughs> ah. And uh, spirit said. Nancy, your experiences could help so many people because there are so many out there today that have gone through similar or are going through similar experiences and they think they're all alone in the world. And I need you to reach out to them and help them. And so I went out and I wrote, and I say that I wrote the book, but actually it was totally written by Spirit by Automatic Writing. Mm-hmm. I merely wrote. Down the words that were being given to me, and it, honestly, it was about it was about two and a half or three weeks. And the book, I I go sit under my cottonwood tree in Colorado with my two dobies <laughs> and my five and a half cats, and I, I had, I raised bees, I had 10 beehives, oh, wow. and the bees would all come and just, you know, buzz around me, and it just, it just, the words were just like flying off the pages, and when I brought him into my husband to edit, you know, to just for typos and stuff, he was like, wow, this is really profound, Nancy, you write much better than you speak. <laughs> Well, that's because I'm not writing this, but um, it was just amazing. And when I read the book, I thought, I mean, it was anecdotes about my life that Spirit incorporated in there, but Spirit had a, a kind of sometimes a tongue-in-cheek sense of humor, mm-hmm. and it wasn't doom and gloom like it probably would have been at that time if I would have written the book. Um, I, When I read that book... Um, you know that was like to me another miracle I thought that I was writing the book for everybody else and and I was but it was for me because I had to live every chapter in that book and I saw how I came out of it and I was so happy (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, to have someone there to help me and you know um, as a little kid about I guess I was about ten ten and a half maybe eleven I was really, I, I, I didn't realize that I was depressed, but I was really depressed, and um, my dad had gone at drinking, and it was late at night, and we lived in a catacorner to the Catholic church. We were, I was born and raised in the Catholic church, mm-hmm. and uh, so I snuck out of the house, and I went over to the church, and I walked in the front door. I mean, they didn't locked the doors in Rocky Ford Colorado <laughs> and um, it was totally dark except for like two penance candles that were on front of the church and um, I walked up to the very front Edo pew and um, I knelt down and I was praying and I was just begging God to please please let me die and my rationale was like you know, there are people that want to live and they die and i want to die and i'm still alive so can't you please let me die and give somebody who wants to live my life please god it seemed like a reasonable request to me that's really sad that at that age i wanted to die and i felt a hand on my shoulder and i thought oh great it's the priest he's going to take me home and tell them that i Stuck out of the house, and I'm going to get beat up for coming and praying, you know? And I turned around, and there was no one there. And being still a kid, I, I, I knelt down on the bench and looked over to see if anyone was behind me, and there was no one there. But so when I turned around, the altar, the whole altar was this most... It was a beautiful golden light. Mm. And it was just like... Um, mm. You know, I don't know how to say it, but it was like it just permeated my being. And at that moment, even as a kid, I felt so ashamed that I had been given this wonderful gift of life. And I was throwing it back in God's face because it was too hard. And I got up and I ran out of the church and I went home. But at that moment... It was just like, you know how things just come to you in an instant in a second. Mm-hmm. I knew. I knew that God loved me, that spirit loved me. And it didn't matter so much if my mom and dad didn't, because they were just mortal human beings. Mm-hmm. Almighty God, you know, creator of everything, <laughs> cared enough to put his hand on my shoulder. The beatings didn't stop, you know, I still kept getting raped for a couple years longer. But it was, I, it was enough to know that somebody loved me. I, I was loved and that's all I've ever wanted my whole life is just to have somebody to love me and somebody that I could love. And I found it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nancy, that's, that's a very incredible story. It's, wow. I'm, I'm, you were blessed and you know, I, I mean, I I can't help but want to question. You know, did you have to go through? Okay, so you came to, you know, experience a different kind of life where there were challenges, but wow, did it have to be that awful?
1: <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> I know my, my soul picked a big one. I must have had I don't know karma to overcome or something because I believe that we do. I I honestly, that's one thing I do believe is that we pick our lives' experiences because our soul knows. You know, I mean, in my physical life, if I would have had to pick that, would I know? I wouldn't wish it on anybody else, and I would never want to go through those experiences again, but I'm grateful for the, I mean, it sounds corny, and maybe it's just me just trying to make it, I honest and truly, I am grateful, because I will never, ever have to go through that again, and I know that there is nothing that can happen to me that I can't handle, nothing I've gone through the worst that anyone could go through. I feel like I mean I'm sure other people have gone through you know people were persecuted and stuff in the Holocaust and stuff but I it just I, I feel like you know we don't remember and we have free will. It's kind of a combination you know we kind of have free will, but you know sometimes you know our, our soul chose these experiences and you can back down that, it's better to just go with them. Mm-hmm. I, and sometimes I
0: wonder how much free will do we really have? It's uh, hard to say.
1: <laughs> I Yeah, I am, you know, I never, it's, uh, I think maybe because of being controlled all my life, I have this thing about the hair on the back of my neck goes up whenever I even think or imagine someone's trying to control me. Mm-hmm. And there have been times when spirit has said something to me and I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> Pep me up. And moving to Whidbey Island, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my dad tried to drown me as a kid. I mean, he tried to kill me three times and he wow. failed. How you do that? How can a grown man try to kill a little kid and be unsuccessful? I mean, I somebody had to be looking out for me. Yeah, I guess. So, um, I have always been terrified of water. I mean, panic stricken when I'm in water. And um, and it's weird. How did you overcome that, to live on an island? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> when my kids were little, I actually did take swimming lessons because we'd go camping so much. And I thought, oh, my God, if they fall, I, you know, have to save them. I can't let them drown because I don't know how to swim. And I took swimming lessons, and I got my Lifesaver 2, actually, I think it was, cert- certification. Wow. And I loved it. I'd go in the swimming pool. I would swim six miles a day. And then, you know, life happens, and you get busy with being a soccer mom and being a, you know, gymnastics and all this different stuff, you know, football mom, and I just quit swimming. And then the next time I went to get into a pool, I was terrified. I mean, I I didn't get in the deep end, and I just stayed right there on the, you know, because there were a lot of people swimming, and the waves were, pushing me around. Mm -hmm. So I loved in Colorado to stick my toes in the water and the mountain streams, but I don't like to be in water. I don't want to be over water and I certainly don't want to be underwater. Mm -hmm. And um, so after I'd written the book, I was seeing a massage therapist and she said, um, she said, Nancy, Matt and I have a vacation home on Woodby Island. She said, why don't you and Phil come and visit and I'll have a book signing party for you. Oh my God, the bells in my head went off. I was like book signing. Someone's going to have a book signing. I've arrived. You know, I, was, I was so excited. I didn't even hear the word Island. And so I went home and I told Phil and everything. And he's, he's really well traveled. He's been all around the world. I, you know, I'm not, I'm a homebody. And, um, so he said, you know, he's he that's one place he's never, ever been, and he'd love to see it. He's heard it was paradise. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got tickets, and, um, you know, three days before we were supposed to come, Michelle called me, and she said, Nancy, she said, I'm really sorry, but I can't have a book signing for you. She said, um, Matt is getting transferred. We're going to be moving to Whidbey permanently, and I've got to get our house in Parker ready for sale. She said, but I love your energy. I just love it. And I want it in my house. So come and get the key. I'll give you the combination code and a map. And I needed a map. It was a huge house. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't get lost. But, um, I, you know, I didn't think I knew her well enough to be staying in her house without her. And I, and plus, I was starting to remember Island. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to cancel. And Phil said, Nancy, our plane tickets, our airplane tickets are non-refundable. We've got the time off. Let's go. So still it just didn't sink in until we were driving towards the ferry. And I had never seen a ferry before. I mean it's a huge, huge boat. Yeah. And put big. semis and and you know huge semis filled with stuff on there and just and then all these it looked like thousands of cars, and I was thinking, "There's no way. There's no way it can float with all those things in it." And I was like, "No, honey. No, please, please, Phil. Please don't get on that boat. I can't. I can't get on that boat." And I said, "Let's, let's, let's drive around." And he said, "Nancy, this is the only way. On, an, it's an island, and there's another way now. It's Deception Pass, but that would have been equally terrifying to me." So. <laughs> He said, "Come on, it's only 20 minutes." And I'm thinking, because you know, this is the way our minds work. Um, yeah, and it only took 20 minutes for the Titanic to sink too. <laughs> and I thought, "Oh, God, brought me here to face my greatest fear, drowning, and this is how it's going to end." And I don't think this is too funny, God. <laughs> and we got on there, and I swear, I'm surprised they didn't charge us for my finger nail marks were in the upholstery of that rented car, you know, mm-hmm. and. We got on the island and I was miserable. I was really, really upset. I felt like God had tricked me and betrayed me and brought me to this island in the hopes of having a book signing and there was no book signing and and he's almighty God and he knows everything. And I couldn't figure out, you know, why this was happening. And so I didn't I didn't look around the island. I didn't want to be there. I made the trip miserable. And this is paradise. It's hard to be miserable here. I mean, you can't drive down, you know, a forest lane without marveling at the huge trees and all the different colors of green and the deer, you know, and and little rabbits. And oh, God, it's just it's and then the ocean. Oh, it's just it's just wonderful here but i was miserable and i sat in michelle's outside deck the whole time i even slept there part of the time she had two little deer who um drank water from a little stream on the side of her house beneath the deck and i just watched them and phil went and got pizza and mexican food and i was just really upset with spirit and so all i could think about was getting back on that boat to get home and so When we got back home, the first thing I did, I mean, I didn't even unpack anything. I wrote another automatic. Once once I knew I was on solid ground and kissed the ground, I wrote another letter to to Spirit. And I said, you're almighty God. You you know everything. You knew Michelle wasn't going to have a book signing party for me. So why did you have her invite me to the island? And Spirit said, I had Michelle invite you to the island because that's where you're going to be moving. And I want you to be there by the end of the summer. That must that, have been a surprise. I just, I was like, me, I'm not that stupid. I fell for your trick once. I'm not, there's no way. And I showed it to Phil and he laughed and you know, he said, that's never going to happen. He said, we, we're we going to be here forever. He goes, Wait. I mean, Nancy, he goes, we have it all. We have four and a half acres of land. Our animals love it here. He said, I, I'm not moving. And I was like, well, I'm not either. I don't know what's going on. But then I started having dreams about Whidbey Island, which is weird because I didn't even see any of the island. I saw Michelle's deck (laughs) 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 and the way off the ferry and the way back onto the ferry. And so I don't know. I mean, I was just, I could see, I was dreaming about the trees and driving along in the car looking at all the trees and the birds singing and the eagles, you know, flying and and the seagulls. And it was just beautiful. And then I had this one dream where I was swimming along the ocean floor. And I could see all the plant life. It, It was just, it was surreal. It was really beautiful. I mean, they're just the corals and the, you know, and all the different things, you know, mm-hmm. formations and stuff. It was just breathtakingly beautiful. And I had a little blowfish swimming on my left, and there was a great white shark swimming on my right. Mm-hmm. And I could breathe underwater.
0: Oh, I mean, those bro- are my favorite dreams are where I can breathe underwater and I'm swimming. I've, I've had... I haven't had them in a while, but I used to have them all the time.
1: Well, I have to tell you about that later, because somebody told me about an old, old, ancient myth about when you have dreams about living and under, uh, breathing underwater. I'll have to tell you that sometime. <laughs> but, but um, you know, I just, I, I knew it was a dream, but I didn't want to wake up. And so... next morning I did another automatic writing and and I'm always spot on Janine with my writings I just I really hear from spirit you know Mm -hmm.
0: so that's your way of connecting is by writing
1: yeah okay and so I I did another automatic writing and I said I don't know how I could have been so wrong I'm always spot on I, I thought you said that you wanted me to move to Whidbey Island and I know that's never gonna happen And Spirit wrote back and said, you didn't misunderstand, Nancy. As usual, you're spot on. Nancy, you still need to learn to let go and to trust. And you'll flourish on the island. And our book will flourish. And I want you to be there by the end of the summer. And it was like June when we'd come here, you know, and the end of summer is like, September. Not, not that far away. <laughs> yeah. And so I showed Phil and he laughed again and he said, well, he goes, I'm not moving. And <laughs> I believe I said it, but, you know, because, I mean, I, I'm terrified of water. I don't know what, I, but I said, well, Phil, I said, I'm learning to trust in God and not in man and I'm going. And he said, really? You'd go without me? And I said, yep. And he said, okay, I won't stand in your way. We put the house on the market. It sold for top dollar. Wow. I mean, this lady just wanted that house, mm-hmm. you know? And she just loved the way it was decorated. And I guess I even had a an antique a roll-top desk that her grandma or something had had as a kid. And she remembered it. she was like, oh, I've got to have this house. And so, um, and oh, my God, we had, we had, it was a two-story and it had a walkout basement and I had accumulated stuff for, like, I think I'd been there for 15 years or 12 years or something like that, you know, because, mm-hmm. and I had stuff in the rafters and everything. We, we managed, my grandson came in from Maui and um, helped us pack and mm-hmm. we, you know, we were here. By the end of we, – we moved here. We were here September um, 3rd. Wow. And we've never regretted it. I mean, every morning – I'm not kidding. Every morning I tell Spirit how grateful I am to be living in paradise. Mm. And I started – I walked – with this group of women they're called ladies of the beach they walk every single beach on the island and there are a lot of beaches because lots of them live on the beaches Mm -hmm. and so we have access to private beaches there there are a lot of private beaches on midby island Uh, but there are a lot of that aren't too but anyway um you know i thought it's just a a group of middle-aged women you know and they walk and they talk and they eat. It's a eating, walking, you know. Talking <laughs> club. And so I thought, you know, I'll, you know, I'll be safe and everything. They are crazy. I mean, these women. They, I don't know if they have death wishes or what, but I have been up, up to my hips in water when the tide came in. They miscalculated, and we're up against the ledge, and there's no place to go. Oh wow! There's a little tiny. You know, this candy said, I think we can make it up here, but we, it's going to be hard. But I, I'll get up and, and grab you and then push each other's butts up. And that's what we did. We got up, but I was never scared. Oh, wow. Good I, was you. I was protected. And then another time we were walking and. um a group of us has gotten ahead of the other ones, and um, we were busy talking. You know, sometimes your mouth is going and you don't really pay attention. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we were in sink sand mm-hmm. and we were sinking. And this lady goes, We have to run. We have to run. It's the only way out. We couldn't run. <laughs> we were sinking in the sand. And I was like, Huh. <laughs> you know? And they were all, Oh no. And everybody was trying to pull their legs out and everything. And Spirit said, Drop to your knees and crawl, Nancy. And that. Mm-hmm. I will tell you right there, right now, that is the only time that I instantly obeyed spirit because I always think I know better. <laughs> you know, I want it to be different. I dropped to my knees, and I guess you distribute. Later on, I found out that that's exactly what you're supposed to do. You distribute your weight and huh. so that you can just crawl out. And I was screaming at all the other women, crawl, crawl. It's the only way out. And so we're all crawl. 13 of us are crawling out. Wow. <laughs> and The other people are watching us. You know, when they came, when they caught up with us. But, you know, so I know spirit has told me that I'm always protected and I'm not, I'm not afraid anymore. Mm -hmm. I know Mm -hmm. that I'm always protected, even though I do get scared sometimes. I mean, I just, but I know sometimes you have to go the only way out of the fire is through the fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you're so happy when you do it. You're Mm -hmm. so happy. When you take that leap of faith. And another thing Spirit has told me, too, is that we are never tested. You know, you hear people talking about, oh, my God, I feel like modern-day Job. I'm always in all these tests. The Spirit, Almighty God already knows what you're capable of doing and what you're not capable of doing. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be given something so that you can fail miserably at it and lose all sense of confidence and berate yourself. Mm -hmm. and You know, just, you know. What it may not seem like it at the time, like getting on a ferry or moving to Whidbey Island, but what you're actually being being given is a tremendous, tremendous opportunity for growth and personal empowerment. Mm-hmm. When you when you overcome an obstacle that you think is insurmountable and, and you succeed, you know when you face your greatest fear that you just think you can, you just it's impossible you know, when you make it, it's your confidence just, it soars, I mean, not only in yourself, but in spirit. And I think that's how we learn to grow. That's how we learn to trust ourselves and to see what we're capable of and to see the magnificent beings we are. And, you know, I mean, I always thought, I mean, I've been fear-based my whole life. i Scared of my own shadow, mm-hmm. and I'm not anymore. And it's it's a wonderful feeling to be free from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it still comes back every now and then, and I have to, you know, seems like something happens, and I have to just trust and let go. That's the theme of my life. But I am not terrified of everything. I just, it's life is, you know, it's an adventure, mm-hmm. and I. Mm-hmm. You know, forward to each and every single day of my life. And I know the spirit will always be there with me always. Well,
0: that's an incredible gift. And I'm sure it's quite a relief. Um, I my one of my mottos is feel the fear and do it anyway. Because yeah, <laughs> I've done a lot of things that pe- in my life that people have thought were pretty crazy, or like, how can you do that? Or how can you just move here or go there, or, you know, do whatever. And I'm like, you know, I just, I, it's not that I I don't have any fear or I don't question, but I trust what I trust the flow. I trust the path. I trust my inner guidance. And if there's fear, I just feel it and do it anyway. Move through it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I just, um, I, I am a totally different person since I moved here. I don't think that I would have, um, you know, I haven't arrived. I know cause life is, A series of, you know, it's, your story isn't over until the final chapter is written, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. But I am a totally different person than the cringing, hiding in the corner, you know, woman I was when we lived in, when I lived in Colorado. It's just, I can't believe how much I've grown. Interesting.
0: Well, I know there's a, you know, there's a, a, a form of astrology called astrocartography. And it's a, the art and science of using astrology to help, uh, you decide or maybe that's not the right word, but understand what, what areas, um, will benefit you, uh, to live in or to be in. So depending on, you know, if you're, wanting a new relationship or you're wanting a new career or you're wanting to, to just nurture your family or, you know, what, whatever it is you're, you're wanting to uh, grow in your life, that there are certain places where you can live that will support that
1: more. Yeah, I don't really, I, I, you know, I've done astrology, but it's mostly the nodes, but I've heard of that. And actually, um, When I was in the, um, Aspen School for Psychic Development, I gave like 75 free readings because, you know, I wanted to make sure I wasn't making this stuff up. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, um, you know, my teacher brought, you know, um, students to me to get readings and, um, and then friends called other friends and anyhow, my, uh, the, um, owner of the, um, school had, um, given this girl my number and she called and, um, and I just, it just, you know, I, it was my first like long distance, you know, cause I didn't really know. I It's easy. It's easy. I thought you had to kind of be facing each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, you know, I gave her the disclaimer. I'd never done a phone reading before, but right away I got that she was just, I mean, like being held down. I mean, she was in a miserable living condition. Mm and her soul was just being stifled and that she had to move and um you know i saw water i mean not like a little lake or a river but an ocean Mm -hmm. and she said oh my god she said i gotta tell you this she said i am going to be moving to maui Uh... said three weeks and she said I'm living with my mom and my stepfather they've just been married and she said he can't stand me and I can't stand him and she said I it's just a tiny little apartment and I have got to get out she said It's just I feel like I'm dying here so spirit is able to tell you and you know and other people you know that I've mentioned oh my gosh there was a a young lady that called and from Moab Utah and um, she had heard of, she went into this gem store and she told them that she was feeling this kind of like she just wanted to move to Windy Island. And she just, you know, she didn't have any idea why, but she just had that urge to to move. And they said, well, you have to talk, you have to call the goddess <laughs> because, and they said she has a shack, a goddess shack on Windy Island, as we have the little cabin. And I had posted pictures of it. And um, so anyway, she called and um, I was like, you're calling from Moab, Utah. And so Spirit said she wanted to come and she wanted to she wanted to bring her daughter and she really wanted to start her own business on the island. Well, I've been here a year and a half and um, in my physical experiences, stores don't go out for sale very often here. I mean. It's prime property on Windy Island. Mm-hmm. You have a store, and you know you're just not going to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but Spirit said to tell her to come, come, to you know bring her her daughter and come. And um, within the year, she would have her own store. Hmm. so I told her that, and I said, but I gotta tell you, <laughs> you know I've been here a year and a half, and I've I've never seen the store go you know for sale. It's just You know, people love their businesses, and it's a community, and it's just – and so she did. She moved, and I was like, oh, please don't let me be wrong. Please don't let me be wrong. (laughs) And six months later, I got a phone call from her, and she asked me if I wanted to meet her for, you know, a hot chocolate or a cup of coffee at Useless Bay. And so – I said, "Are you here?" and she said, "Yeah, I just and I wanted to see you." And I said, "Oh, are you visiting?" And she said, "Just come and meet me and I'll tell you what went on." So I I got there before she did. And she walked in. She had this huge smile, kind of like that Ch- a Cheshire cat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and she sat down. She said, "Well, let's have let's get a uh, a glass of hot chocolate and then I want to take you over to see my store." Oh, and I my. said, "What?" And she said, "I have a store, Nancy." She said, "I've had it for about three months now and I said Lindsay how did that happen and she said well I moved here and then I started talking to people and seeing if I'd tell them that I wanted to be a shopkeeper and ask them if I could help them and be an apprentice for free and you know lots of people just shrugged and said no but this one couple they were really you know they needed the help so they let me work for one day free and then they asked me if I could work two days And then they asked me if I could work three days and then start paying me a little bit. And she said, and they taught me everything. And then they they hadn't had a vacation for like, you know, five years. And so they asked me if I could run the store for them. And so I did. And when they got back, she told me that, you know, they they just loved being on vacation. They were tired of working at a store and being there every single day. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to put it up for sale. And since I you know, helped them out so much, they wanted to give me first chips, and they, and they would discount the price for me. <laughs> so, you know, that's another amazing thing, is, you know, we see, like, through, you know, blinders, we just see straight ahead of us, and Spirit sees a whole panoramic view, and a Spirit knows the, the, the perfect timing, the perfect place, the perfect, I mean, He knows everything that's going to happen, mm-hmm. and so do we.
0: Mm -hmm. if we just pay attention Mm -hmm. oh nancy those are great stories so how okay so i've got a couple of questions one is going to be except i don't want the answer quite yet you know how how can people contact you do you do well let's start there do you do readings for people or do you uh you know somebody wants some assistance from spirit and they don't feel like they have the connection or they don't trust their their connection um, do you do you make appointments and work with people?
1: Yes, um, people can get onto my web page and then um, they can, you know, just about Nancy or, you know, or um, services and click on a, a, a reading. You know, there's okay. uh, you can get it. A- and what is your what is your
0: web page? I'll have it on the podcast web page, too. But what why don't you tell people?
1: OK, it's www dot choices because i'm all about choices mm-hmm. it's a dash n for nancy l for my middle name and b for burn dot com www.choices c-h-o-i-c-e-s dash nlb.com okay, make great. sure it's a dash because if people put a hyphen or a mm-hmm. underscore Right. It sees it all up. <laughs> right, right. Okay. And, uh, my other question,
0: that's awesome. My other question is, so someone feels like they want to, they want to remember who they are. They, they want to have this kind of experience, this kind of trust, um, in themselves and in their connection to spirit, but they don't really know where to start. How, what would you, how would you, Guide somebody in that way.
1: I think that all you have to do is just ask, mm. and it'll come to you. I really believe that you know that saying, you know, "Ask and he shall receive." Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love to be in nature. I just feel like you know, I'm just—it's a sanctuary for me. And um, I I meditate a lot, but some people have said that they they don't know how to meditate. Oh. And um, I think it's important for each of us to build a relationship with God. Really, Spirit wants that. Spirit wants to have a really close relationship with you. And you know, we were given our lives what 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. Um, for as long as as we're born and I don't think it's too much to just offer spirit maybe 10 minutes or 5 minutes every day of that life just to give it spend it with spirit Mm -hmm. you know um, if you had a best friend and You know, you're friends with someone. Friendship is reciprocal. It's not just one person asking or getting and the other person giving. Mm -hmm. It's like any relationship, you know. And if you had a best friend and the only time you called upon that best friend was when your car broke down in the middle of the highway on your way to Vancouver or something, you know, (laughs) could they come and get you at three in the morning? And sure enough, they come. And uh, and two, you know, you would say at least say thank you, or if you had, you know, if you never shared anything else, if you didn't want to do anything with your friend, you know, go out for lunch, go for a hike, go to a movie, do something. The only time you needed that friend was when you were in dire need. You wouldn't be a very good friend. True. And that's what spirit wants of you, to come with everything, not just In the middle of a lightning storm when you're terrified two little girls are going to die, you know, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. with everything. I mean, sometimes I sit out there and I'm sure if someone is watching me, they think I was crazy because I'm telling them about, well, I know you already know this, but such and such happened. Or, you know, I got really upset today and it's not like me and I don't know why (laughs) I let this get under my skin, but I did. And I, you know, and I'm not judging myself and I'm not, but I just, I just don't want this to be an everyday occurrence. You know, I don't, I'm trying to figure out why did I get so upset? Was it the person? Was it just, was I in a bad mood? What happened? You know, I mean, everything. I just, and if I, anytime I make a major decision of any sort, I write about it and ask, and I don't, it's a crutch for me. I don't have to do automatic writings, but it's just the way I started out, and it's what I'm most comfortable with to mm-hmm. see it as, you know, in writing. Mm-hmm. When I counseled people in Colorado, I would tell them to keep a journal. It's just letting your mind go blank, and that's the big thing. You can't let your mind get in the way, and it's hard. You have to just – sometimes you just can't do it. Your mind just keeps wanting to keep thinking and thinking and thinking. But you just – and then you just start writing, and it does – it's not the most um, – it's, it's a weird experience, How can I be getting these answers? But I've done classes on this. And um, I went to Maine and did a a class there on automatic writing. And people were so, I mean, they were just, they were like, oh, my God, can I read what I got? Can I read? Oh, my God, this has never happened. This isn't even the way I talk. And usually it's not. And and if if people say, what if it's, you know, what if it's the devil or somebody? Uh Uh-uh. If you ask spirit to give you the answers, you're going to get the answers from spirit.
0: Right. And I found that uh, because I I haven't done it in a while, but uh, if you just sit down and you just start writing and it can be this is really stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. Blah, blah, blah. You know, on and on and on. And it will switch. At some point, you'll start accessing spirit, your higher self, your soul, your guides, whoever. And and it will start. Yeah, it'll start making sense. But you just you just keep writing until it, it's like a it's like a switch goes on and it it shifts.
1: It's kind of yeah. it's
0: fun to do. It's pretty interesting for those of you
1: if you've never tried it, you should try it. It's pretty. It's cool. amazing. It really is amazing. And um, you know, but but I think it's important to just form a relationship with spirit. I you know you can just talk when you're walking through the woods. If you don't you know want to be talking out loud, just you know to him in your mind but but whatever you do let him know that you want him in your life in every aspect of your life every minute of every single day and you can
0: you know if if it works better for you for a spirit to be a she it doesn't make any difference it's just it really is just it's energy right and so it really isn't a he or a she but it you know you can um from my perspective anyway, uh, you oh, know, however, was, uh, however you, however you want to connect, however you connect best is fine. Whatever works for you. Yeah.
1: I just, um, it's, you know, kind of the way I grew up. And so I just use that term. That's why I try to say spirit because mm-hmm. you know, he, she, God, goddess, you know, mm-hmm. um, um the the divine um but you know it's just it is it's all energy and that's and that's what we're part of we're part of this huge 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 force of energy and and we just we're part of something bigger than bigger than big my gosh i mean It's huge Mm -hmm. and we can all access it. It's like I said, it's not just for a chosen few. It belongs to all of us and we're all connected. And I think that's important to remember too that we're all connected. If what you do to another, you end up ultimately doing to yourself. So if you hurt somebody or, or, you know, do an unkindness to somebody, really you're just hurting yourself. Right. Right. There's that theory of the hundredth monkey or something. And, um, I remember my professor told us about it. Somebody said it wasn't really a monkey, it was something else, or it wasn't a a coconut, it was something else. But anyhow, my professor told me it was a coconut, so it's a coconut to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was a monkey, and they had trained it how to, you know, hit coconuts on the rock to get the flesh out of it. And Mm -hmm. it was just one isolated, you know, incident. And then, you know, months later, scientists were watching monkeys clear across the globe you know tribes of monkeys and they were breaking the coconut and getting the flesh out of them and so just it's energy when you when you let your light shine miriam williamson wrote a poem about this or i don't think she really wrote it but she used it in in an inauguration inauguration speech or something or somebody used i think it was muhammad Mahatma Gandhi Gandhi used it in an inauguration speech and and she wrote it and used it in one of her books or something But it's talking about it doesn't benefit you and it doesn't benefit anybody else to make yourself small mm-hmm. You know so that you don't so that they don't feel uncomfortable When you let your light shine you're giving everyone else permission to let their light shine. When they see the glory and the majesty and the wonderfulness that is in you, they know that they can have it too. You know, it's to be shared. And so I grew up always saying, you know, pride is a sin and you shouldn't be prideful. And I don't think that anymore. I think we should be proud and we should be happy and we should let the world know all the wonderful things. And it's that not like we, you know personally, we created them, but the spirit wants to give us, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and anybody can have it. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know, I just, uh, I don't, you know, another thing, and I, it's kind of a sad story to tell you, but, um, I, just, I think it's important for people to know that life passes really quickly. And when you move on to a much, much better place, why not revel in this one that you have? And, you know, your body is all you have. If you don't take care of your body, you're not going to be able to live here. Your spirit will go on. That's and true. this earth is all we have. It's our home. And we need to take care of our home, too. Mm-hmm. Most people first... take better care of their cars than they do their bodies. Exactly. Exactly. And I've been very guilty of that, you know, just don't have time. But, um, I, when we first moved here, um, you know, I had some, um, our house is a lot smaller than the house we had in Colorado. And so we have uh, some sheds and I put a bunch of my, um, antiques in the sheds. And then in the spring, I went to get them out and I was going to give them to this place. that's good cheer. Um, And the furniture was all it was into the mold and and the humidity and everything Like the chairs are just like separated. And it was just so I had this little uh, one shed. It was pretty much insulated. And so I um, I had taken I had this armoire that was uh, given to me from my grandma. And it was just special. And so I asked Phil if we could put it in the cabin because we have a cabin Mm -hmm. and um, so it would be safe. And so we didn't know anybody. We couldn't have anybody help us move. We didn't know, like, any, we couldn't find any movers anywhere. So Phil managed to get it out of the shed on the dolly, and he hauled it up to the cabin, but there's there were three stairs. And um, we didn't know how we were going to get it up, and he said, if you could possibly pick it up from the bottom and put it on my back, I will walk it in. Oh, God. It was 300 pounds, and I couldn't lift it up. I said, I can't. So I got up to the top, and I said, Okay, if you could lift it up, maybe I can. At least you know, because I can't lift it. And so he put it on my back, and he helped. He carried it too, but I brought it in on my back, and we put it down. Oh my goodness. And it was, you know, I've always been really strong, you know, and and just really strong. So I'm really happy about that. And so the next day, I woke up and I was paralyzed. Oh dear. From my neck down, and I was really scared. I couldn't move my hand, I couldn't move anything, but I could move my head. And I was, and Phil was in the shower, and I was, (laughs) I can't move. And, um, but my, and my, I was having muscle spasms, and every, like, every couple of seconds, my shoulder would spaz out, and it would, it was excruciating pain. Mm. And so, we had to go um, to the emergency room, um, in the hospital, mm-hmm. and um, I i didn't know the game. I haven't really been to a lot of hospitals, you know, so they ask you what level of pain you're in, and I have a really high tolerance level for pain. Mm-hmm. So I said three, everybody else was 10 plus, you know, so, of course, they got me in last, and um I was I you know, it just every time my shoulder moved, I, I kinda like, oh, you know, and I didn't want to be disturbing other people. So I went and sat kind of in the far corner where there weren't very many people. And it was just I I think that's why I had to go to the hospital that day because it was this lady and she was in a wheelchair. And I think it was her son. And um, she was trying to talk to him. She was really trying to bear her soul to him. And he wouldn't even give her the time of day. All he did was keep looking at his watch. And he was like, okay, Mom, he said, you know, um, Madeline or whoever is going to be here any minute. She's going to take you to hospice. Um, we've put some of your favorite things in the room so you'll have them. She didn't care about her favorite things. She wanted to talk to her son. She was dying. Wow. And he goes, and, and um The rest of the stuff, he says, you know, we've we've, we've sold a lot of the stuff. You had some really nice stuff. And he said, we're going to get a good price for the house. And he said, and I'll try to come and see you as often as I can, but I'm really busy at work. And I was like, oh, God. And she was telling him, she said, you know, she said, I have so many regrets about my life. She said, I just didn't expect it to end so soon. She said, I never... I never went and and stuck my toes in the beach because I was always afraid a tide might come in and take me away. And I I didn't go get ice cream cone because, you know, I didn't want to drive. I was afraid I might some car might hit me and I might get in a wreck and die. And she said, now. I'll never be able to stick my toes in the water. And I'll never be able to go get ice cream because my life is over. And he was like, yeah, okay, Mom. Well, I, I don't oh, know what's God. keeping it for so long. And I was just sitting there, and I was bawling. At me. I was like, can't you see? Why don't you take her to the beach? You know? yeah. And, you know, go, go take her for an ice cream cone, oh, my God. And it just, it just hit me. But that's what we do. We let fear take over our lives, and then suddenly it's too late. Mm. And since I've always, you know, led a fear-based life, I needed to be there and hear that message. And I think that's why I hurt my back. Mm. And I know it sounds stupid. Why did I have to, you know, something like that? To go. But, boy, it was worth it. It was worth it to hear that lady mm. talk about, you know, the way... I mean, she just she just let her life just slip through her. She said, like grains of sand, she let her life slip through her fingers. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Nancy, that's a good lesson for everyone, I think, because sometimes, often, it's much easier to just stay with the status quo than to make change and do something different, um, because it's easier and it's uh, we're well, a lot of times people are afraid of making change and doing something different or being different
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. so you know live your life to the fullest every single day that you are alive and make the most of it and, and be grateful for all you've been given because you really have been given a lot you know there's always something that you can be grateful for mm-hmm. I, I make a big You know, oh, my God, I stubbed my toe. Oh, it hurts when you stub your toe. Why did this happen to me? Some people don't even have a leg or a foot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always something to be grateful for, even if it's just that, gosh, you have food on the table, or you, you know, you're able to get up in the morning. There are so many people that don't, can't get up in the morning. So, um and the more gratitude you, sh- you, you know, the more you're grateful for things, the more it's like the more you get to be grateful for. It's, it's, it boomerangs. It's weird.
0: Well, and it's, a, it's a, a wonderful practice um, after dinner, or it can be whenever, but everybody's usually sitting around the table after dinner and go around and say at least one thing that you're grateful for. Because it helps you to focus on that. Because even if you had a shitty day for some reason, if you can focus on the one thing that you're grateful for that day, it helps you to, to shift.
1: That's true. That's true. And, you know, I'm glad you used the word shitty because we're not saints. <laughs> <laughs> we're not called. It's not our purpose to hang on a cross that's been done (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know we're here to make the most of our lives and to revel in it you know we have our hands and our arms you know that we can use to caress a loved one you know to hold our babies to enjoy our bodies were given to us to enjoy you know and utilize them. I mean, they're a great gift. You have eyes to see the beauty of nature, you know, to look into your beloved's eyes or to, you know, just look at the majesty of the world around you to see the spectacular world. Um, You know, we have ears to hear the birds singing, to hear, you know, just a melodious song that some little bird is singing just to you and that's one of the things the spirit pointed out to me you're walking around and this little bird is singing its heart out this melodious song for you and you're just ignoring it <laughs> 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 and so enjoy these bodies i mean as long as you have make the most of every moment and and take care of it so that you can enjoy
0: it for as long as possible
1: yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm.
0: Oh, thank you, Nancy. I I really honor you for sharing your story, and you know you've been through a lot, and you could have chosen to be a victim, and you didn't. You're, you know, you're you're taking your experiences and and using them to grow and evolve and to help others, and uh, uh, I honor you that that I honor you for that. That's that's very inspiring.
1: Thank you. I hope that I—I I just hope somebody, one person, can get something out of it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's what I always say. If, even just—even if just one person uh, benefits, it's always—it's worth—it's worth it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, and I hope people will, um, if they'd like to avail themselves of your gifts, uh, to contact you for uh, a session or some help of some kind.
1: Well, thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. And I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. Thank you so much, Nancy. (laughs) Thank you, Janine. Take care. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening. The podcast website is realjanine.com, where you can listen to and download episodes there are links to guests' web pages, photos, and you can sign up for the Real Janine bi-weekly newsletter to keep up on new episodes, archives, life updates, and healthy recipes. And remember, Janine is J-A-N-E-A-N. To subscribe to Keeping It Real with Janine, go to iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. And don't forget, there is a Real Janine YouTube channel where if you would like to uh, listen with a slideshow, you can do that by searching for real TV Do you know others who would enjoy my conversation with Nancy Byrne? Someone who might benefit? I'm sure you do. So please, please share the love. Thanks for listening. Take care and be well.